A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. That, this week, would be the entirety of the current Mistborn saga. So Era 1 and Era 2 are on the table today. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers like we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. We've got a bit of a sequel episode today. It's our, it's our it's full series, series wrap up and we've got a guest and he has been on the show actually fairly recently. What was it for? Was it for Bands Shadows of, of Self? Shadows of Self. Yeah. Bands of Morning was a while ago. Ben, overly average Ben is here. Hello. Hello. Ooh. Yes. Yes. We're so excited to have you back. I I had had a couple of guests that were like tentatively booked for like this spot or like an extra episode or whatever, and they weren't getting back to me. And I was like, fuck it, Ben, you want to do it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had slated you into like come back to talk like post lost metal, basically. And I was like, you know, what? you could have the pick because my other no one else is getting back to me in a timely fashion. And uh, I'm so excited to have you for this full perspective because you're going to bring, you know, I don't want to call it jaded, but you've got you've got some takes and I love takes. So I'm super excited to to get into Mistborn Era 1 and 2 with you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm ready to bring. I don't know. How, I don't know how to describe it either. Jaded <laughs> may actually be the correct term. OK, that may be it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, before we go too much further, let's talk about what we're drinking. We'll probably have a pretty quick rundown here all things told because for pj and i it's in the middle of the day for you of course it's later so we'll, we'll kick it to pj what are you having this afternoon i have a very complicated cocktail it has one ingredient it is just yellowstone bourbon <laughs> <laughs> pj is just sipping on bourbon for lunch <laughs> delicious anything to follow that up nope i've got i've got water I mean, naturally, <laughs> as I hope we all do. Apologies as well. I am ill. I'm going to do my best to cut out all of the coughs and sniffs and everything. And I'm going to be abusing the mute button on my little setup over here. So we'll make sure that as few of those get in as possible. As such, I'm having a hot toddy because that's that's what one does when they're ill and they need to drink for something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's the game plan. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Water to follow that up. But in case you don't know what a hot toddy is, lemon, rum, water brain function honey and a cinnamon tea? stick no tea no tea in a hot oh, tea. there's not a tea i thought it was made no. of tea hmm. no it's generally lemon yeah it's it's the spice mixture that you get from like cinnamon and sometimes people use like allspice or nutmeg and other spices like that too i'm pretty sure there's at least two teas in hot toddy to be fair i think if you if you spell it there's at yeah. least two maybe in yours or i guess it depends how do you spell toddy is that T-O-T-T-I-E? You're right. I just caught the joke and I am <laughs> fucking ruined. Um, <laughs> toddy is with D's, PJ. Okay. <laughs> but it's not Hod Dotty. So there's there's two T's in there. God damn it, Ben. <laughs> I'm on easy mode today, comparatively. Ben, what are you having with us this slash PM? Honestly, completely forgot to get alcohol. So I'm drinking Silverbrook Falls Natural Mineral Water. Damn. Yeah, so it's intoxicating to say the least. But I uh, I did, I completely forgot when I when I was sat down, I was like, oh, oh yeah, th- 
this is a drinking podcast. <laughs> I can see <laughs> So uh, not a big deal. I'll, I'll bring more it conveniently works to balance it out. That's that's what we like. That's what we like. I was gonna say it totally works because like I'm ill. PJ is in the middle of a work day, <laughs> and you know <laughs> we're, we're we're all doing our best. So with that, let's let's kick it off here. So I wanted to jumping into kind of the idea and thought process. Given we we last spoke around shadows of self for the most part in a recorded fashion, you and I have messaged back and forth about some thoughts and the books in between. I wanted just for you to give kind of your digest on how you felt about the the end, the final two books of Era Two, and and whatnot, in a sense of like where you landed. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy Bands of Morning actually. Like going on from that, I a lot of my main issues still remained, but it was just a, a much more enticing and. I would say just a, a better story that I was interested in for the entirety of the book. Whereas Shadows of Self, I kind of had to get into that and then it got me along. Bands of Morning was to me the most solid from beginning to end book. And then The Lost Metal. The Lost Metal is, was such an experience. There are things that I loved That's about I it. Too. There are things that I felt completely out of. There are progressional things that I wasn't too sure about. I, I still feel like I'm processing how I actually feel about it. But overall, I land on the era two just wasn't written for me. And that's okay. I I think that obviously you haven't listened to the episode that hasn't came out. at so naturally, you know, exposing you to our takes. I, I think that we landed in similar places, especially when I was first, when I first completed the book. And I think PJ too, where we were like, I was like, wow, that was really good. That was really enjoyable. And then I sat and thought about it for a little bit. And I was like, Okay, but was it though? Like, was all of that as good as I wanted it to be? And then on a second read, I really started to analyze, and I f- a lot of my opinions that I liked in the first read flipped by the time I was done with the second read. Where it's like I liked the other thing way more than I liked the former thing. Obviously, we're full spoilers. PJ and I talked about this last week, but like initially, I was like, "Oh, Marisu's plotline, interesting, a little bit crazy in terms of things." But wow, I kind of liked where that was. And then in the second read, I was like, "This is." Almost, you could completely excise it and you'd almost have the same story. And that made me go, hmm, all right, maybe I don't. I don't like that. And then I liked Wax and Wayne's end better. And it's just, it was weird. It was weird. It's a weird experience. Yeah. Like, I never, if Wayne has been my least favorite character out era two, out of the kind of general, if I was counting four as the main characters, Wayne is by far my least favorite. And he had the best end. And I was like, Mm-hmm. It's such a strange, like, I finished it and I was like, why do I feel emotional for a man I've despised? <laughs> it's kind of like if you have a bad relationship with a grandparent and then he passes away and you're like, why do I have a, mo-? he was an, he was the worst. He was an arsehole. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm like, for some reason now his sexist humor, oh, it has a nice place in my heart, but it shouldn't have. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I hated him. I mean, to be fair. Like, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. But that that ending is him getting obliterated. Like. <laughs> Maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> murdered. Just murdered. Vaporized. That, that could trick. PJ, if you wanted to sum up your feelings, I know that I just ran through mine. I know that they're mostly similar, but you had some other, yeah. other thoughts. Um, things. Also because we haven't read Stormlight or the other relevant story. That's true. I overall... I think I enjoyed the book. I think I really liked it. There are just those few gripes. Some of the things with Marisi being the big ones. I, I Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed the book. I had a great time reading it. 
but it I enjoyed it more at the beginning of the book than towards the end of the book. I think kind of devolved a little bit. Yeah. Just had to get things done, you know, had to tie it up, but even then did it. So, you know, like that's, that's one of the bigger things with me is like, did we even really complete the book the way that I feel like would be satisfactory in a lot of fashion? Like there's so much, the the hot take that PJ and I both came away from, from our wrap up of the lost metal was that you could almost completely cut out bands of mourning and have a lot of the same sort of threads work, especially through the lost metal, because all of the cool things for the most part outside of the elemantic grenades that are brought up in the lost metal are dropped because they're meant to be era three fodder. And so you don't need them. And it would have been more satisfactory all over that said, I do really like bands of mourning. Like it's still a very good book, but it's just like, one of the two of these are unnecessary and I'm not sure which it is because some characters plot lines resolved in bands and like they were just kind of along for the ride by the time we got to Lost Metal and yeah. I, I honestly think that Era 2 could have been a duology and would have been mm. much better in terms of like at, at a pacing level, a story level because there felt like a sense of like a sprawling piece of thread that he didn't quite know how much to let out or how much to keep in and so it just kept on bloating to a point and one of my big gripes with this series is um kind of goes beyond especially in lost metal it goes beyond into kind of further cosmere is purely that i think there was too much progression in era two kind of technology wise and society wise that i'm just kind of like we we uh, how, how can the next series go further without completely disleveling how everything works and I mean, even on a, uh, one thing I was thinking, <laughs> it's about two thirds of the way through. I was kind of like, I feel bad for the people that read Bands of Morning when it first came out and have waited five years for Kelsier and he sits on a fucking chair. <laughs> he, oh my God. He does yeah, nothing. He's, he's not in the story. Worthless. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. get that you've replaced that with this kind of like all these cool characters that are doing something, but also like, what was the point? Like that—that that is my takeaway from Era Two. Is like, what was the point? Like, that's. I feel really bad, but I do. Like, I—I uh, I just. I'm luckily I've now read Tress of the Emerald Sea, and I really enjoyed that in the sense of like, okay, if this is where we're going, I'm okay following it. I just felt like Miss One Era Two was a, was a ironically a misfire that now that we've been given guns he did not know how to use them evidently and misfired all over the place but uh yeah wet powder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we similarly love tress i i thought tress was bound to be we'll, we'll try not to spoil too much of that here because we you know for people who maybe haven't gotten their hands on it yet but tress for me was like a almost a 10 out of 10 until like as a fable in this fairy tale until the end. And then that knocked it down a couple of pegs for the aforementioned kind of reasons and rationales, but it still felt good enough. Like it still felt great. It just wasn't, I wanted it to be, you know, I don't know. I wanted like that Peter Pan fable princess bride fable capturing. And we moved in a direction. I was like, all right, that's fine. But that was me. I love Tress. <laughs> I also loved it for the record. It was an eight and a half. Like, that's great. That's great. But yeah, I was just, I was, I was so up on it and I got like just the smallest letdown and I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah, you're right though. Especially that, oh God, there's something that's so tangible about Kelsier in the story that makes me 
or sorry, like in in the whole story, in the whole of era of the eras, that is perhaps my biggest problem with Mistborn is its attachment to Kelsier. So maybe we should just hop in there because I did want to talk about this at some point. We I don't know, Ben, that we've talked about it, but I despise secret history. I hate it. I think it's the worst. I think it's the worst thing that I've read of Sanderson's, in- except it's really just one chapter that's the worst part. It's part six, and it's most of it. And it just, it it destroyed character arcs for me in a foundational way. A lot of character agency, for instance, like Marsh building up the momentum to like being able to, you know, pull away from Ruin. And the only reason that Ruin's distracted enough to do it is because Kelsier, big brother was working in the background, so or little brother was working in the background, so big brother could break free for a moment. It just it steals so much agency from that and from Spook, you know, like leaning on him metaphorically versus leaning on him physically that it's like, oh, my. I don't literally need I don't know, <laughs> I, I had I had big issues with with secret history myself. So I was disappointed, to say the least, doubly disappointed when Kelsier wasn't really utilized in the Lost Metal. If he's if he's going to be this big plot thread that you want to bring through. All right. Make it fucking matter. And then it, it didn't. Yeah, that is because I enjoyed. I listened to. I listened to the audio. Which I don't usually do, and I enjoyed the story in of itself. I was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, it's it's, a, it's an addendum that if it pays off, will be great. And then I, I just mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's paid off, and I feel like it's actively outside of Mistborn, disrupted and destroyed other characters' plot lines as well in other series as well. Like we won't get into it, right. but you, but mm-hmm. for people that know, it's this series answers so many questions were never asked in this series it was asked in a different series and and now i'm like where they're going to have absolutely no agency in the other series or Mm -hmm. it's the we don't need to or we're just going to retread that's another big problem i had Mm -hmm. in this series is that we have a lot of retreading through different series and characters paralleling other characters doing directly the same things like (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like an identical plot line yeah exactly and and that's why i enjoy tress so much because i'm like okay keep doing this like you're you're you've somehow got into the habit of like the idea of founding a democracy like elend already tried to do that in era one so why is now why are we having wax and everyone do the exact same thing like i enjoyed the idea of wayne going oh i'm gonna try to do like philanthropy and stuff because we haven't seen that before but when we've got mm-hmm. Wax, who's unfortunately kind of dry as he is as a character, then being like, I'm going to retread other people's plot lines. I'm like, then please leave. Just go back to other people <laughs> for a bit. And I think to to sort of stack on top of that, it's not even that it's entirely like retreading those plot lines. It's doing it and explicitly saying that it's doing it. Like it's that referencing those pro- plot yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, specifically when you get into Marises right at the end here, we talked about this in, in an episode, but it gets really explicit as opposed to something that can be figurative and we can imagine it. We could be like, oh, my God, the way that she burnt the pool of investiture in that moment was so similar to when Ellen did it. But to like literally bring it up three times within the span of the same pages to make it a direct like, hey, just so you know, this is basically the same. Like, did you know? Are you? It's just like not trusting your readers to draw those connections. And I've never felt more talked down to by a book than the times when that happened at the end here. And that was that's a gripe, but it's not, you know, not crazy. But I was like, man, trust us to put it together. We're not we're not dumb. 
Mm-hmm. Like an executive, maybe, but like, you know, because they're just reading the highlights. So I did want to talk a little bit. This gets us actually, I think, comfortably to a point of retreading, having this conversation. I want to talk about Era 1 versus Era 2 and kind of like thoughts on the whole things, how they compare now that both are kind of done. Ben, you gave some kind of overall thoughts on on where you land on Era 2, but just sort of the way the the moving of technology, this idea of like, what does this mean for the grandiose kind of story of Mistborn as it proceeds through eras and ages and and what you think, I guess, on, on the whole characters, everything. So I'm a big Era 1 stan. I like I, I love every single book in that. I, I I read them as a kid, I reread them, and I think the best way to describe it is that if I ever do a big Cosmere reread, I will probably skip Era Two because depending on how good Era Three is, I don't feel like there's anything in there that may not just be like, Oh, I remember what happened and just skip it. In terms of like Era Two no, Era One, I love all the characters, I love all of the progression. I think on almost every level apart from prose, I prefer Era 1. I think Era 2 has a more unique voice for Sanderson. I don't necessarily like all the voices, but I do think he you can see his development in that. But yeah, I'm an Era 1 through and through kind of person. I think you oh. fit along pretty well with us in that regard. I'm like, I I feel very, very much the same way. One thing that I feel like is done much better in era two are the interpersonal relationships and how they're written. Like the, that just feels much more mature. It felt very glossed over in in the first book, but the characters themselves in the first series are, I I like them a lot better. I don't know. I also, I feel like era two took the characters from era one and made me not like them. That may be a strong statement, but I remember when we did the conversation, we talked about Sazed and being like, oh, I'm so excited to see where that character goes. And I feel like, once again, this is just a, a, a kind of middle ground to get to Era 3, where I'm kind of like, we didn't in, invest enough in them. And instead, I kind of hated that they had no agency. I really hated Tensoon. Tensoon, the, really? the way he acts in Lost Metal, he's just like, oh, I, I didn't, I, sorry for not helping. I didn't really think about it. Like, he kind of, <laughs> you're, you're kind of and right, I'm like, yeah. this is Tensoon. Like, what, what's happened? Why yeah. is he just stood there like, whoopsie daisy? Probably should have thought about that. I'm like, what are these people doing? And the, like, the Kandra is so cool. And the Kandra worked great as I love the, the villain from the Shadows yeah. of Self. And I'm like, the Kandra have so much potential that I just felt like Tensoon, like, we didn't explore enough to see whether is it an effect of the like the decay of not whatever. Is there anything going on with him? But instead, it's just he just turns up, does nothing, and then leaves. And I'm like, oh. And uh, I felt like that happened a lot where like Marsh would turn up. I'm like, oh, let's see. Oh, he's gone. Uh, and then says it. Oh, he's so it's gone on with him. Oh, bye. And it was just everyone was coming in and out. And I felt like I had no strong grasp on where they were at other than. They're not in this story. Stop thinking about Era 1 for this bit because this is Era 2, but we have to bring up Era 1 so you remember that it's part of Mistborn. And I just wish we had a bit more cohesiveness in the characters from like, that are being brought back. Yeah, speaking of that, something I wanted to bring up, and I'm not not quite sure the best way to word Fuck this question because I didn't, didn't write it down. Milan is a pretty drastically different character. In era two, do you think it made sense to have it be Milan, having grown up and grown out of a lot of the 
sort of rebellious phase of her life? Or do you think it would have been cleaner to have a different Chandra? Mm, I haven't actually thought about that. I kind of, with Milan, I didn't feel too strongly either way. And honestly, I think it's because they just feel like two separate characters that sometimes I even forgot to relate. I was kind of like, well, this is just what they're like. That I feel like maybe it's just that. I didn't even comprehend that there is a big difference. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think I like Milan's inclusion here because to, ben, to Ben's point, what you were saying, there's there's this whole issue with Era 2 where it's like it's almost not exploring at all, despite it being like the explorer's age, the sort of age of law and like the the Wild West's. We, we spend so much time of a Wild West's story in a city, in a big city, as opposed to kind of out on the roughs, which was sort of the promise and the premise to me from from the outset. And it just kind of feels because we don't really go out that direction nearly as much as I thought we would. It's like, we're not really exploring the world similarly or actually less similarly. I feel like the one thing that we do explore pretty effectively is the Chandra and their relationship with Sazed between Paalm and Milan. I think that them in particular, we get a good picture Vendel as well. And a little bit of Tensoon. Tensoon is more still like a chief spy, but he's like barely, you know, he's not really there that much. But I feel like that's the one one of the things for me that Eritu absolutely nails is the exploration of Chandra in different ways than I ever would have imagined between Milan and Lessie Palm. So I, I like her inclusion. I think that, you know, it works. She does kind of feel like a different character, but I think that that's what 300 years might do to an immortal is you might grow and change. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. That's fair. She is still she still is kind of a rebel. She kills people when some of the other Chandra refuse still. So. Right. What do you think, EJ? I'm not sure. <laughs> I well, a lot of the time I felt like it was mostly a vehicle to let the readers know that like these are the same Chandra as before. Like they they've they're still around, but the character itself didn't feel like it had any through lines okay. for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's reasonable to say that a format of our podcast is I like to focus on things that I know are going to come up in the future. And so uh, I definitely put a lot of focus on Milan, who is otherwise a small part <laughs> in yeah. in all of Era 3, because I was like, oh, she's going to come up. We should definitely be talking and paying attention to her more than I think an average reader may even initially key into on a first read. So I think that that was something that I appreciated between us. Like you can see a lot of those notes that we do get in Milan, but it's as though they've grown, matured, blossomed. Um, I will say I, in, I kind of, I've got mixed feelings on Milan's end in this era. Not that she's done or anything like that. She feels like she is definitely going to be continuing for a number of reasons, but it again feels like a, a waypoint less than it does like a full story arc. So even for her, especially for her and for Sazed and for Marsh and for Kelsier, you know, of whom are apparently all going to be very important for the rest of this story, which is also like at a certain point, it's good for legends to die. And that's a good thing for the foundation of a world. And I am kind of losing it still over the idea of Kelsier actually being back and playing such a major role in the story versus letting other characters have agency. And I didn't like Kelsier that much to begin with. So I'm just grumpy about it. So we, we had a conversation regarding era three and having thought about it more since we last recorded, I really think era three is going to be a very short time jump. 
Like I, I think we might be able to see that resolution of Kelsier and Marsh fairly quickly if if Kelsier is able to convince Harmony Sazed to sort of fast forward the technological advancements of the world like they were talking about in the epilogue. You don't think that like there's going to be a, a fight that's coming at the very end of the Cosmere where Hoyt and Kelsey are going to be standing on the precipice of the 16 shards coming back and they're going to have lightsabers and they're going to swing at each other and Kelsier's going to fall and Hoyt's going to win and become God. Like that's not your because I'm pretty sure that's what's fucking happening. I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're only going to have a couple of decades jump between era two and three. Yeah. Like I, I think that like evidently they're all gonna still be alive because but I think they'll be older in the sense of they'll be new, but I like the idea that they'll at least be they'll at least be fucking alive. <laughs> when they yeah. I, I hope that it's not it's a hundred years down the line, but between stories, Wax turned into a fucking a ghost man and he's here. And I hope it's at least if they're just there and they're just kind of old. I kind of the thing that scares me a bit the only thing that makes me scared about that is the idea of having a younger characters kind of being like, oh, you know, that they're, they're old, they're, they're saying some bad stuff, but they mean well, you know, they're, they're just, they're just old. And it's kind of, I always hate that narrative of the sense of, you know, they're, they're saying bad jokes, like stuff you can't say anymore, but they're okay because mm-hmm. they're just a bit old. And I feel like that's gonna, that seems like what Sanderson may do with like a wax type character. Come on, come on, Grandpa! You can't just shoot people like an Indiana Jones type situation. Oh, I God, hope yeah. that doesn't happen, but I'm also kind of scared that it may do. But yeah, the progression of the entire cosmic frightens me to absolutely no end. And I think the issue is is that because we're seeing progression so fast and so much progression, is that those that started, for instance, like with Mistborn, with Stormlight, with everything, where it's more down kind of not generic fantasy but what you would typically expect from fantasy is that it's limited technology wise you've got magic systems etc and i kind of don't like the idea of starting people out with that expectation and then going okay well now you have to be in for a sci-fi because if you're not in for a sci-fi or a modern fantasy or a technologically advanced like sci fantasy then you're not going to enjoy any of the cosmic and that's down to you you know You've bought 16 books, but I've decided to the progression's happening, so you're done for. I kind of don't like that. I feel like that is, especially the way he kind of talks about the idea of, like, it's not magic, it's, it's just science and stuff like that. And I really liked some of that in the beginning, but now it's kind of like, no, magic doesn't exist anymore. It, it will feel like magic, but we're going to describe it like science. And I'm like, you are removing... For a lot of people that enjoy reading your series, you're removing the magic quite literally. Like, and I think there's something dangerous in the sense of moving forward and having other series that all tie together that eventually have to progress and be on a level playing field that the entire thing's just going to feel like a sci fantasy that it never was originally. That's, that's just my, that's my yeah. fear. I, I'm in the same camp, and I think that the thing here that differentiates you and I from PJ in this moment is having read Stormlight, because there is something that is very foundational about that story that functionally in my brain does not work if it were to progress this way. I've mentioned to PJ a couple of times, and we've talked about it off air, I am a fan of The Lost Metal as a book if it's an outlier, not the norm. And so the, if it were to shift to becoming the norm, I could not continue reading like it it will be a a quick dnf and no more for me because it is while while interesting on its own as this sort of intersection of things 
and I know that things at the end are going to intersect. I made the joke about the Hoyd Kelsier battle. It, it it's fine to culminate into something really big like that. Like that's cool, and that can be well executed. And I'm I'm not worried about that. But I am afraid of like the book to book sort of expectations or needs to like read this in in the like publication order and then the sort of escalation of things and especially of technology where it's it feels like you know you you said like losing the magic it's not just magic for science it's losing the sort of mystery of it all if i can piece it all together why am i reading the book as opposed to reading a summary if like if and and this gets into the like journey before destination sure that only works for so long where it's like <laughs> if the payoff isn't worth it then you know the journey can can be shit too like you just don't realize that it's shit until you're there (laughs) yeah but yeah yep those i i totally agree with you i'm i'm in the same boat where it's like i hope that this is a a waypoint stopping post something different in an experimentation not a path forward for the primary series i see this eventually culminating in that direction so eventually it's going to take that turn that's okay but you gotta you gotta still keep it fun and interesting that's where like aethers come in and it's like ooh, there is a sense of like different magic and there you can still you can still spice it up at the last second not worried that way tress tress eased me a lot yeah. on my fears on the lost metal i'll say because i i had i had basically that take but harsher after reading the the lost metal and tress like pulled that back a little bit to be like okay we can still have fun while progressing so i i just want a little bit of clarification from this from the stance are you like talking about them like like when marisi talks about how allomancy to her is science as opposed to magic or are you talking more about them sort of blending technology and bombs and and things into the allomantic system i mean more the actual describing magic as science so the idea of like the the way it's kind of like when the when the people turn and like the 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 people from the with morassi and uh, yeah they're kind of like i i enjoyed the banter of the idea of like well no this isn't magic like this is just what we're like on our home planet like that that i was fine with but when it comes down to like i thought that was funny but when it comes to the idea of like, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels so clinical. And the best way to describe yes, it is the, it. when they are putting the two types of metal and they trying to split it. And the thing I had a problem with there is I'm like, you've made the illusion to real life too absolutely 100% blatant. Like, the idea of splitting it, I'm like, it's so clear that you're talking about the idea of nuclear power. You're creating a rocket that can like cause mass destruction. It's so absolutely on the nose that you're like, you ever heard of Oppenheimer? Like that's, that's what we're doing here. And it's kind of, uh, like that's why I had a problem where it's like, I don't need to have someone explain why my man can jump on a coin and fly up. He just ingests the metal. Like that's all I need. I don't need someone and. Unfortunately, once again, won't go into it, but there are scenes that are similar in other places in the Cosme that I was like, I was reading it. And I'm like, oh, this is, this would be really cool if I haven't read this exact scene before in a different place. And that is a, like, that is just something that's unfortunate with era two is I just found myself thinking this was cool when that happened in that book and it happened in that book and it happened in that book. And that it builds up and it's that that removal of the magic that i'm just like oh 
yeah, we've we've entered the nuclear age, but we were we were we were just in the cowboy age. Like I know there wasn't that much time <laughs> between. There was a lot of progression. I feel like you should save you should save nukes for era three, maybe. Yeah. So, a, for, a for the of- record, I just want to clarify, PJ, before you react here, because I know exactly what you're going to hop in on, because you think that this is a feature, not a bug. But, <laughs> but I think I think the technical issue is the sort of clinical description of it, as opposed to like a more natural explanation. It feels like we're going into these conversations of it just being. We're going to experiment with this. And Brandon already knows the fucking results. Our characters feel like they already like it's already a foregone conclusion before you approach some of these scenes. And that's the issue with the way that it's written both here and in Stormlight. We'll just say it because like there's only one other book series that we haven't talked about. But that's one of the issues is that like Stormlight, it feels like an exploration here. It does not. It is an explanation. And that is completely different. And that's why this is so jarring even though it's already been done. Oh God. It's that's it's, yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. I, I, for one though, just really love the <clears throat> get into the nitty gritty, like yeah, give yeah, me yeah, all engineer. of the very, very <laughs> specific understanding of how this works and why. So, but that's me. I, I genuinely, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I genuinely think I would have completely been on board and loved it. If there wasn't that allusion to things already happening elsewhere that, because it was, it was only when I finished that scene, I was like, that was cool. That reminded me of, oh, of the, the exact same thing that happens. Oh. Of that 300 pages that happened <laughs> over the course of a book. Yeah. That wasn't just digested in a single scene. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, about that scene, I'm very grumpy and I've not been allowed to be grumpy on the show, <laughs> but I'm doing it now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, Ben, I'm, I'm so with you and I think it is because of the exposure difference. Right. But that, that's kind of the concern. I'm, I'm glad again, someone gets it because I see so much like positive love for this book for the lost metal in particular. I know we're talking about the eras comparatively, but it's hard to not talk about the immediate thing. And I, I straight up don't get it because like, I, I do really enjoy the book for the characters. I think that this book is the best character work outside of Marisi that any of the series explores, but it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I have a tough time. I feel like uh, for me, it's one of those when we read era three, I think era two will feel like when someone wrote a story and then was hired to write a prequel for their series. And then they come up with era two, but we're doing it the opposite way around where they're writing the story that feels like a, well, I had to fill the time. Like I had to write a prequel. So I wrote this, but they're doing it before. What is it? The actual story. And everyone's defensive of that thing of like era two, not being that good is like, well, it wasn't planned. And it's like, it's not about it being planned or not planned necessarily. Like you can still make a story satisfying without, you know, I, I fully, I fully disagree with that notion being why era two stands out as this sort of negative mark on Mistborn in the future of it. It's, it's just choices that were made to broaden the scope too much to make it feel like the world is ending. It could have been small stakes. Shadows of Self is so good to me because it has small stakes because it introduces this different angle on immortals and like wanting freedom from an oppressive force. And like this idea that like it's just humanity, but on a longer time scale. And that's, we get those comparison points of stress and pressure in everyone else's life too. And it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway, we should have gotten more of that. Bands was great too, for other reasons. Cool. All right. PJ, did you have more? You looked like you were going to. Nope. 
Okay, cool. All right. So we talked a lot about Arrow 2. I would love to chat a little bit about Arrow 1, just the way we can kind of get the boxing match going. There's a lot to love about this series in general. I mean, the the first trilogy of books does a wonderful job introducing the magic system, giving us kind of an initial basis of shards that we didn't really kind of understand until much later in, in Cosmere readings to some degree. We get some wonderful characters and we sort of get this foundational understanding of like where everything is going to go from here on this like earth equivalent world. I'm curious about how now much later, you know, Ben for you over, I think you read this basically a publication or shortly thereafter, how, how we feel about it now that we're out of era two and we think about these characters and some of the relationships therein. Do you feel like there's anything that you think that like Brandon would go back and change? What do you love about it? What's your, what's your love of era one? Oh, of Era One. Hey, Era One. Yeah. Era One would definitely, I, I know that he has publicly said that he would make Era One less brutal and bloody because he believed that he was falling into, because Grimdark was so popular at the time, he was putting in things that are quite graphic that he wouldn't necessarily have put to begin with. I disagree. I think that all that stuff's great. I think the treatment of the scar is mm-hmm. perfect. All that darker element needs to be there to have the stakes of a, a literal dictator. Like you have to have yeah. it be shown as a dictatorship, otherwise you don't care about the adversity that they're overcoming. Mm-hmm. So I I love first off, I love the exploration of theology in in Era One. I love the exploration of theology in pretty much everything he does. But especially in Era One when I first read it, it was like groundbreaking to me to be like, well, this is such an interesting concept of of how Kelsier like on a reread Kelsier's kind of transcendence to being a, a, a martyr is so well realized in the plot and how he's how his character acts throughout it kind of really for me it, it bolsters that book up i think the my favorite thing about era one is the the way that the book one is a a story on a personal level is a story about a small group and what they're doing book two is the progression to them trying to look after a city book three is them saving the world there is a, a linear progression and scaling up of that series that each time Finn gets more powerful, each time every character gets more powerful, you feel like you've had a build up and a progression with them. That I think that's really well handled in Era One. So I think if I'm highlighting anything, it's it's that on a, on a, a planning and structure level, I think the way that the book levels up each time is is really well handled. PJ, what do you think? I think my, I mean that that was very very well said. And to piggyback on that. The threats of each of the books are realized and detailed and tangible. And, and there's, a, there's a great sort of climax to them, all of, all of the different clim- or all the different conflicts within that story. And that feels less of the case, especially towards the end of The Lost Metal where the the big threat of the men of gold and red just don't like it's just shut off by like a certain amount of luck and we weren't even talking about that plot hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> or va- um, gap vacancy whatever way you want to put it telson feels like she falls flat in 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 sort of a climactic antagonistic showdown like all of it, the malwish are just kind of the dangling there, like we talked about, and there there doesn't feel like a really satisfying 
the good guys overcame the bad guys moment. Unlike unlike Era One, all throughout it. Yeah. Era one, if nothing else, is very distinct villains. I mean, we start off the story with Kelsier. We then go to like the Lord Rulers, this other big bad that follows up Kelsier, of course, and then Straff, Zane. Like we've got all these great, these great evil dudes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's obvious that I have an issue. I, I do. I, I think I agree with you both. Like one of the things that I, I love the most about Era One and Era Two begins to explore it, and then again drops it in the eleventh hour with the Lost Metal is the exploration of philosophy or of, of theology and in tandem philosophy leading to theology and like the, this sort of like basis in the way that that shifts. And I, I find it so interesting and so fascinating. And then it drops off the cliff in the lost metal. Like it's not even a component. We have to instead focus on the, the shards, which are the real gods. And there's something about taking away intangibility that upsets me about era two. I think most of all, something about making the tangible. So real, not that it needs, too much exploration or there's too much explanation as opposed to exploration and trying to get these things gradually so yeah i i think that era one just nails the tone i think most of all like you said ben you can't i don't think i would want to undo a lot of the the violence and the way that like vin goes after being convinced with zane to like murder an entire army like that's it's so important to her character development to be like oh shit i don't need to be the weapon anymore or not this kind of weapon and I can't imagine, I can't imagine changing it. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It's meaty. But definitely, I think, I think at the end of this, I found I did originally when we started this project, I liked Era 2 more. And that should say something about the way that I feel about the Lost Metal, despite liking it as a book. But now I'm definitely full in Era 1 camp again, despite secret history. I'm just pretending that that's not canon. So I feel just like, that- I feel like the, the big difference is is that scene you mentioned of Vin, where like she she goes and she decimates that entire like building, and then the difference between that where you're physically shown the idea of being this this like the way you can go, and then you've got Wax being like, maybe I don't need to be the the weapon, maybe I don't need to yeah. be the sword. I'm like, shut the fuck up! Wax. I don't need to do it. Yeah, and then I was <laughs> just like, have you thought about doing this in a, in a less cringe way, Wax? Have you, have you thought about? <laughs> it felt like it felt like just it felt like a high school kid kind of having these morality issues that I just wasn't invested in with him. Where I was like, have you really have you have you done anything like in the sense of what what does he mean by that? For me, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you, you've, you've been a weapon in justice, but you've also, you have arrested people. Like not every one of your cases, I hope is, I hope we're only seeing the ones that go badly where you're accidentally like killing people. I hope this isn't every case that you're going out and murdering people. I, I hope you just sometimes <laughs> go out and just arrest Which people. A cab. Like, yeah, like <laughs> and if I like the idea of like, I don't need to be a weapon anymore. I'm like, right. what have you been doing off screen? What have you been murdering? He does he does talk about like in the roughs it was very much shoot first, ask questions later. And That's true. He he seemed to me more like a bounty hunter than a constable, the way the way that job was described. But also, I feel like then we, we didn't see enough of it. We had a we only had a prologue there, is then the issue. I want bounty hunter wax. Like I, I need to feel that to see it actually in his shoes to some degree to give to give it the emotional weight that it needs, right? You can't just 
this is like a common issue with writing, of course, is like you can't just say this character was one thing off and you have to prove it in some way, shape or form. And the couple of little this is this is the way that the story was told, of course. And so, like, it is what it is. But at the same time, only telling us and showing us those things in flashbacks and then having them mostly be harmless as opposed to like needing to go through and like physically do these things, I think is a kind of letdown of the series for me to some degree of like of, of era two, I should say, it's like, I want that bounty hunter. I want, we should see a little bit of that alloy. If we restructure era two alloy of law takes place entirely in the roughs entirely nowhere near Ellendale shadows of self. We bring it in to be like a detective from out of town. Bands of morning is the final book. That is this Indiana Jones adventure back out to the roughs and you're done. And the Lost Metal does not exist. And I think that's a solid story. I genuinely 100% agree with you. And that's why I've been thinking in my head the entire time. I'm like, yeah, that would be because I remember talking about the issue in Shadows of Self that I never felt invested in the fact that we start Wax at such a high level of being at his Mm -hmm. ironically lowest point. And then we're having to build up from there. Why are we having stakes when he's already so low? That that would change it where if you have book one end with that horrific moment, have book two be the reveal that happened book three coming over that and realizing that he still needs to help and everything and uh, stopping his family that that is a, 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 a an actual story about the characters that are in the trilogy at that point it would be a trilogy mm-hmm. rather than this yeah. is a story that kind of transcends these are the characters we need to facilitate to get them to the climactic ending that helps me propel the series going forward um yeah it's plot manipulation versus character growth naturally which is also why we prefer vin's arc this is why we're talking about this to begin with is like vin's is concrete we see this gradual escalation that makes sense where in era two it's like a cup it's disconnected stories and some of that's the symptom of the way that it was written which we can definitely understand like i can definitely understand as to why it feels that way but oh man do i wish it was the other way in the worst the worst kind of way is there something almost it could it should have just ended on secret history and just been like okay cool mm. this one's over now kelsier's back that's cool <laughs> the world exploded i'm sorry is there something almost meta about the idea of sazed literally manipulating to be in the plot to help get to the point where we can get into era three like is that is sanderson implanting himself to be like i started this story and now i've realized that i need to manipulate these characters to be at the point they need to be at otherwise this ain't going anywhere that's interesting so i agree Maxillium, Maxillium, where he's going to be, you know. <laughs> Fuck it. But I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, PJ. You were sorry, no, you know, um, that's effectively yeah. what happens to Vin too. It was just I, I feel much more clever and more subtle and more well done, but effectively you have these gods influences on these characters from the jump regardless. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Rune and preservation are not They're They're like influences. Again, this is, this is why I don't like secret history. Secret history does so much to explain the background of what's going on there to make it feel like it's the forefront of everything. And I don't think we needed that explanation. I think that like, for the most part, you can get it through the little bit of dialogue that we get here and there. I do like actually having Laris and like talking to preservation. That's neat. But you know, to that point, it feels subtle versus sort of like, Hey, I'm hitting you in the face with harmony's got to get this in order. Kelsier is here by the way. And <laughs> Marsh survived when he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, I think that for me, as I think about like era two going into era three again, Marisi is the character that I want to see come back. The only one should not be a POV, should be a governor, a political leader, a president, whatever. And that would be so great because I think that she in the end is still still my favorite character. I think I landed differently before, but in the end, after bands, I was like, Marisi is the best. So I would love to see Marisi again, for sure. Uh, I, I agree. I think Marisi is my favorite as well. Or, or actually, I've blanked her name. Wax's wife. Steris. Steris. Steris is wonderful in The Lost Metal. Yeah. It gets short shrifted. I think Steris may be my favorite character out of the series, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the case. I feel like from... Regardless, the the Harms sisters are the best. Yeah, yeah. And then, but my my only issue with Marassi is the idea that that she doesn't join. And it's not an issue in world. I'm fine with it. But this is actually, ironically, something that is a bigger problem when we have the tangents outside of it. I'm like, why did we... Then why did you get this payoff? Why did you even bring it up? Yeah, like, like why? Why is this again? This is the cut it out conversation. Where if I were the editor, I'd be like, no, no, no. What are you doing? She should be there with Wayne in those final moments. Before that, that would have been such a better. Yeah, I've done this already, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do feel that. Glad you agree. Cool. So I know we had brought this up. One of the things that we had talked about was was the villains and the way that they feel versus Era 1 and Era 2. I'd love to get thoughts on what we think of all of the various villains. The Lord Ruler, Strap, Zane, Ruin, Bloody Tan, Leslie Palm, Telson, Trell, Autonomy, Harmony, Brandon Sanderson himself. What do we think of the various groupings of, of these? And like, what do we make of each of them, I think, as we evaluate the whole series? We'll do protagonists after this, but what do you think of the villains? And how do you rate them, I guess, is, is a thought. Some favorites, some that you didn't like, you know, who didn't work, who worked. I will go with who works. And uh, I've always loved Straff. I think Straff is brilliant. He's got mm-hmm. that Lord Tywin vibe. He has got just that, that foreboding presence that the moment he's on screen or even mentioned, like uh, nothing's good coming from there, like nothing's happening. I think his relationship with, with Elend is fantastic. I've always really loved Straff. I also really liked, I also really liked Palm from, from Shadows of Self. I think, wait, is that who it is? Oh, is it right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Palm. Yeah, that, that is my too. favorite villain from era two, I think, because it's a self-contained villain. It's, it's, it has tendrils that move on further, uh, like in terms of the conversation around Kandra, but as a character, that is a character we can just explore and fully realized. And, and I, on re like reevaluating the entire series, Palm is without my doubt like the, the favorite villain from Era. I feel like Era Two's villains could have like my opinions of them could be so different based on just exposure. Like I feel like Miles Hundred Lives. If we had oh, I totally full forgot Miles book on the list, you're right. On Miles. Mm-hmm. That could be so fucking cool. Similarly, Bloody Tan. Uh, we get him. We get him for the prologue of one book. We get him a couple of times in flashbacks and otherwise. Like he's I mean, he's the but it's PTSD the same. It's the same. But yeah. It's the same information that we get. It, it's not new. It's just like, hey, remember the prologue it, from the first book. It also fuels the Leslie Palm bit. So like it That's makes true. her stand out as a villain, as a character more too. So yeah, I I think I agree. The the. Rise and fall of Palm, the bleeder of Lessie, whatever you want to call her, feels the most complete and feels the most satisfying. But all of these pale in comparison 
to basically everything in Arrow One. Like mm-hmm. all I the villains Ed in Arrow One are just well. so good. Yeah, Edwarn. That's a good point. Edwarn has done really well. I feel like, like the the misdirection. I don't know that he and, is though. I don't know that he is though. In the end, because like he structurally he I, is structurally. structurally yeah. Okay. Is. Fine. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon Sanderson himself, I think, is really funny. You know, you want to talk about the main villain of Era Two? It's Brandon Sanderson. But the the big the big bad that I feel like is the most complex and the most interesting morally and philosophically is the Lord Ruler. Like the more we learn about what's going on with the world, the more like little bit of sympathy that you get for him and, and like understanding what he was going for. And it it just makes the moral question of like, should we have killed this guy really fucking complicated? (laughs) And I, I find that interesting. That's definitely my go back to point as well. I, I think that I stand out like I've we just mentioned Ed Warren. I firmly believe that like Lessie should have blown up in the cell and Ed Warren should have lived in the lost metal and been the primary villain. That also would have felt more satisfying as a completed arc because we actually knew Ed Warren as a character as opposed to having to do all that heavy lifting in the lost metal to try to make Lessie the villain. So I feel like that would have been better and could have led to a much more interesting and dynamic character and that series on. I think I'm with you. Area two for me, Bleeder's the best. And that also mirrors my feelings about which book I end up loving the most. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we already talked about this book. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, I, I got it. I land on Straff and the Lord Ruler. And I think that some of that is actually some of the work that's done in secret history to explore the Lord Ruler when he dies and comes back and talks with Kelsier. I love that moment. It's one of my favorite moments of secret history when it's like, you don't even fucking know, dude. And it just makes Kelsier feel so properly small, like he should, um, that it, it is frustrating that the Lord Ruler doesn't continue as a character instead of Kelsier. I would be so much more convinced by the entire story of Mistborn if the Lord Ruler would have survived in the background than Kelsier, because the Lord Ruler is propagating good in a or was trying to propagate good and like new neutrality maybe is better because he did do a lot of bad stuff but oh god i don't know yeah lord ruler and straff the top two i think straff i prefer for like the the character moment of like villainy that happens there but yeah on the whole i think this this is i'm gonna try to not go oh wait sorry just need to plug him up what, uh, what I will say is that Kelsier, the reason I'm on board with Kelsier being back is because I don't think he's being brought back as a protagonist. I think he is being brought back as a very, I think the furthest Sanderson may go is anti-hero, but I think for a lot of people reading into it, I don't think he's coming back as a protagonist in the sense of everything. I think in Mistborn, he'll be a great character in terms of how he's operating. But I think I, I don't believe in him being a protagonist. So I think for the people that the same way that Sanderson's kind of come out and been like, you know, people that love Kelsey, you got to remember, like, he's a bit, he's a bit, oh, is kind of like, that's it's a bit him. dodgy. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like him saying, be prepared. Like you may want to rethink how you feel about Kelsey for what I'm going to do with him that I've, I get that kind of vibe. I feel like he's going to have a very different role than a lot of people are anticipating. Right. So maybe my my ire is better placed at the fandom is what you're suggesting. Yes, I would imagine. Like all character. hatred, yeah. direct it at the people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the people's fault <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I don't appreciate Kelsey. Who else was a great villain? I mean, Ruin Ruin works perfectly to what he needs to do in the first series, whereas Sazed, I think, oversteps the line in terms of how involved he is. Because, like you said, they are doing similar things to manipulating characters. Ruin is, we don't see it, it's, it's whispers and, and we get reveals that he's been influencing things, but it's different to, like, it's just a bit too, like, tapping on the nose. It feels like a, like the same way you were saying about being talked down to. Like, sometimes I feel like it is being in, watching one of his lectures on YouTube and he's explaining everything. And I'm like, can you just, Give me a little, like a little credit as a, as a, as a reader. That is, the we're, we're both literature snobs, so that kind of makes a little bit of sense for us collectively to be like, you know, you know, you can. I understand that you're direct, but like, you can give a little bit of like flourish, and that's also my whole bit with his prose. But you know, yeah, mm. I am not a literature snob. <laughs> yeah, we know. In contrast, I'm not. I'm not. I don't genuinely mean snob. Of course, we we both appreciate literature and read very widely, and so I don't know. It's a, it's a different battle, different gamut. <sighs> yeah, I think in particular, the reason that I throw Harmony into the list is because of it, it does. It's this sort of unsettled touch, but it is it does trend towards. Uh, villainy might be too far of a stretch, but it, uh, like anti-hero sort of because of the way that he's manipulating people and characters and the way that that kind of presses. How do we feel about autonomy and Trell in the end versus, per se, ruin? bad yeah Um, i felt like the whole what you were mentioning with the the army of red and gold soldiers whatever i was reading it i was like this feels like this feels like steppenwolf rocking up with the flying monsters in fucking justice league comparing anything to justice league written by joss whedon (laughs) is not a good thing like that is not what I want to be reminded of. It felt like that. It felt like it felt like just a, a, an empty fret. Like it, it felt like it felt like being threatened by like like getting a. It's like a, It's like when you're a kid and someone's like, "What?" Or if you're not, I'll ring Santa Claus. I'll ring Santa Claus if you keep on acting like this. And I'm like, "What?" Well, Fucking get Santa Claus. <laughs> Ring him up. Get him on the phone. <laughs> get him on the phone. That's, that's yeah. what I felt like with Trell. Like, it's constantly this thing. It's like, well, you don't want well, Trell. You don't want him rocking up. And then, like, they, they, they don't. I'm like, who gives a... Who cares? Like, I... I, I, I don't know. It felt like... This series felt a lot like Blue Balls to me. Felt a lot like... <laughs> felt a lot like dangling something in front of my face and then going, uh-uh. You're gonna to have to wait for the next era to come out, sir. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's my main trail. Didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think I, I, I think completely agree. It was a you know a large villain that conveniently made all the small villains make cohesive sense together, but just didn't have any sort of resolution. And even the book explains it as like Trell is weird and autonomy is weird in the way that it functions. And I thought that that explanation is interesting, but not compelling. And that's like a big difference of like, I'm interested in learning more, but I don't know if it's actually something that I would like turn pages for versus like, 
I could read a Wikipedia page about this and like be like, oh, okay, shake my head. Yeah, I love that. But I don't want to spend like 100 pages exploring to get to that point of knowledge. It doesn't, you know, again, compel me to turn the pages. Do you know what? I think the more I think about it, the more that the Justice League comparison is absolutely. I'm, it's I'm fucking loving it because it, it is. It's it Steppenwolf. Telson is the Steppenwolf to trail like autonomy's dark side. The, the villain that is there, literally in the hole, like hello, and then they close it. Like it quite literally is the same. And the more I think about that, oh dear, oh dear. It's and brutal. in that film, sorry, spoiler alerts for Joss Whedon's <laughs> Justice League, but I felt like maybe that's how you feel about secret history is that the scene where the Flash and Cyborg are digging up Superman's body, that's, uh, that's basically all of them digging up all of the characters from Era 1 and be like, they need to be in this. And uh, oh, that's, dear, oh dear, oh yeah. dear. Mm-hmm. And none of the humor works. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely am loving this. <laughs> I think you're. I think you nailed it. I've got. I've got uh, a, a, an hour and a half purpose. video yeah. essay to film now. <laughs> <laughs> On how Era Two compares to the Lost Metal. I mean, it's all we're missing, and I hope we don't Joss get it, is a parallel between Brandon Sanderson and Joss Whedon. Holy <laughs> fuck! That would Ooh. <laughs> couldn't happen, guys. I mean, you know, pretty wholesome. There's this other. Go ahead, PJ. Sorry. I said he's pretty wholesome. I he's don't know if that'll happen. That comparison. Yeah. There's this other part of me that came to this realization, and this is maybe just a side tangent with Kelsier. A lot of people have brought up the parallels, of course, to uh, given that Mistborn is kind of his stand in for Earth in a way. Kelsier is at the same time appears to be at this point in the plot, a stand in for Jesus, like coming back and whatnot in inside of the Christian faith. But I came to realize as I was reading The Lost Metal and like thinking about secret history and ingesting it, it's not that it parallels modern Christianity necessarily or the thoughts on the return, but it it more closely mirrors the return of Jesus in the Mormon faith, which is to say that he basically cross-dimensionally sails across the ocean, lands on a new pl- on like a new plane, founds a religion, drives a path, leaves these golden tablets, golden tablets get are also left by Moroni and blah, blah, blah. If, if you've read a lot about the Mormon faith, it makes so much sense that he is, he is actually the Mormon equivalent of Jesus than he is the Christian equivalent. And it drives me wild now that I've drawn that comparison. Well, there, there are a lot yeah. of, like, even the, the only things that can be read from metal can be trusted, etc. There's a lot in Era 1 as well that's very clear. And I think it does a great job of alluding to but not being on the nose in era one yeah like that's why i really appreciate about era one is that you can tell where he's drawn it from but he does it in such a a compelling way that feels completely justified in world that i hope that he can do that with it as he moves forward um he's done it with a number of other books so it's like i'm not he again does a as you mentioned earlier does a wonderful job of exploring theology throughout the fiction and that's I honestly fairly unique. And that's one of the reasons that I do still enjoy these stories, despite all of the gripes and otherwise, like, is it's one of the few authors that's willing to open up that can of worms and, you know, give it a, give it a try. Mm. Says it's whole plot line. Yeah. Is just amazing. I love that. I love the, the theological touch to it. Hero of ages. Is- authors in fantasy. I was, I was gonna say, Hero of Ages is my favorite out of the original trilogy, which I don't think puts me in good standing with, with the group I'm a part of. 
that is my personal opinion. I think Hero of Ages is my favorite. Four says it. I would love to take this and transition into our series rank if we're down for where we stand on things. The only thing I'd say, Ben, is add in Secret History if you hadn't considered that as a part of your ranking. But who wants to start? Who wants to? Who's ready to go? I've got it. Yeah. So I'm going top to bottom. Yep. Well of Ascension. Final Empire. Shadows of Self. Hero of Ages. Lost Metal, Secret History, Alloy of Law, Bands of Mourning. Bold questions, Ben. Anything you want to interrogate? So I, I, Bands of Mourning being bottom is very interesting. I can see why. I feel like Bands of Mourning was better in my head before Lost Metal. And then Lost Metal has lowered both of those in my head, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I still, I, I would. I don't know whether it would want me to go into mine to kind I mean, of give fi- a, fire away. A maybe maybe the best way to do this is for us to all like power rank and then talk about it mm. and why we put what where. Because I would go Hero of Ages, Hero of Ages, Well of Ascension, Final Empire. Or actually, I'd go Hero of Ages, Final Empire, Well of Ascension. I would go Shadows of Self, Secret History, Bands of Mourning, Alloy. Lost Metal? Was that in there? Oh, Lost Metal. I, I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about it. I'd put, I'd put Lost Metal on the same level as Bands of Mourning. Okay. Cool. I've got Well of Ascension, The Final Empire, Shadows of Self, Secret History, Chapters 1 through 5, The Hero of Ages, Lost Metal, Bands of Mourning, Alloy of Law, Secret History, Chapter 6, or Part 6. Yeah. So, so it's interesting... Each of us like really capture the original trilogy in the top of this, but we do rank shadows shockingly highly in hindsight, which is funny because that's the one, of course, that we talked about together, too. And like I knew that I liked it the best of the three that we'd read. And originally I had thought that Lost Metal was better. But in a reread, I was like, nah, nah, as I processed it. So it's interesting. Why? Why shadows where it is? And then maybe we can talk about our era one. I would go shadows where it is because I think it's the most encapsulated strong story in the sense we get introduced to we have progression from where we started for our main characters from just a plot and the villain perspective we're introduced to a villain they have a progression throughout that story that that is culminated and then we move forward like it is it's a book (laughs) it's a book that that actually functions as a self-contained story whereas Mm -hmm. alloy of law feels like a prologue that should have been a book and then a book that didn't need to be a book. And Bands of Mourning feels like it should, like it's the first part to, it feels like the same way that you've got like Infinity War part one, and part two or whatever. Like, and it, it struggles because it's a great first part, but then Lost Metal drops the ball. So then they both fall as a result. And Shadows, Shadows of Self stands alone as the only one that isn't like beaten up by other books in the series or other bits in it that it's kind of just the one left standing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> until, until this conversation, I hadn't considered why I dislike fans of morning of all of them. Like, and don't get me it's wrong. Still a good book. I, I, yeah. I still enjoy all of these books and I still think they're, they're good, but the lost metal retroactively makes bands of morning unnecessary in a lot of ways. 
and just doesn't follow up. So it just feels like a kind of misplaced footnote. Yeah. 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 So thank you for helping me find those, those feelings about it. I appreciate that. It's, and I, I think I agree. I do rank bands a little bit higher than alloy just for the sake of, I think bands is a better told story to your point, Ben, about like the idea of like the prologue should have been the full story. And then, you know, the, the other bit didn't need to exist or could have been the beginning of shadows of self to really set up this depressing story that is shadows in a, in a way. And shadows feels like the most encompassing of era two. And I love it for those reasons. We do see character growth in bands and it feels like it should be a conclusion but it isn't. And so we have the lost metal of which gets ranked higher because it is a conclusion and it feels like a culmination, even if some of those things are misplaced. I'm more interested now that we've, we've talked a lot about era two. I'm more interested in the ranking that we have with hero of ages versus well of ascension versus the final empire and, and sort of our preferences there. PJ and I both love the well of ascension. That's a controversial take. I think among, among fans in the fandom, but love to hear, hear your takes on the book and why heroes at the top. So I, I first read it, I was a Well of Ascension, that was my top, and Heroes of Ages was my least favourite, so I've actually done a straight flip on a reread, because I think Heroes of Ages, like Hero of Ages does, it's all down to Sazed. I, I think that the exploration, the payoff to his character, the journey he goes on, is, is extremely, I, I think it's extremely brave for an, a, an author to take, because Putting Sazed at such an unbelievably low point at this point in the series for such a long length of that book is, is it could have gone extremely poorly. And instead it, it creates the most, like, the, the biggest payoff in that series to me that I remember, I remember reading it for the first time and loving it, but reading it on the second time, it was just on a, an actual strength of like, sticking to what you planned and, and sticking to knowing that your vision is going to pay off. And like for, for that, it just, it stands out to me. Well of Ascension is fantastic. And I think there's a lot of amazing things in it. It's just, I think it's, it's one of those things where I, I love final empire for, I think it's the same way that I love final empire, the same way that I love the fellowship of the ring film that as a cohesive, just standalone thing, I think it's a brilliant setup to an entire series. Totally in with you on that. Yeah. And I think that's what levels it up. And then I think it just comes down to personal taste of, um, I think I prefer Sazed's low point and I'm more invested in the theology, which I always have been with Sanderson compared to the moral questioning of Vin in the second. And I think that just comes down to like what you're personally looking for that, I think that's why Heroes works for me more than well. PJ, why your ranking of the books? Now you made a really good argument for... <laughs> you did make a really Hero good argument. Ages. I know why Heroes is lower <laughs> on my list. I feel like we get so many complicated like character progression. Like, just, it, it, it's just so full in Well of Ascension. I am now struggling to remember exactly what happens in each of the books i just like i i I know what happens in the series no but despite the fact that you and i spent i i think because of the fact that you and i spent so much time like hours talking about that fucking dress oh my god yeah i loved it i loved that conversation i loved the discussion i loved the argument of it 
and the symbolism that's inherent in it, even if we disagree with what it symbolizes. Ben, do you remember the dress scene that happens with Vin in Well of Ascension? She goes to a tailor of whom specializes in Mistborn wear. And so she is, she is granted or she is like given, she's taken out by Alriandre to like go get fitted for this dress and, and Tindwell and whatnot. And so they're going shopping and there's this sort of beauty that she feels immediately in the dress. And then she's told that it also has space for all the Mistborn things. And she later carves up the dress and there's a lot around the dress. We, we've had many conversations around the dress, but there's this question of like, especially with just Vin as a character, one of her biggest internal conflicts is merging those two selves. So this girl that she wants to be who goes to these balls and does all these things, and then the other side, which is the misborn side. And there's a question of what the dress represents in the middle, which is something that PJ and I have hotly debated for many an hour on, on the show. <laughs> Literally 10 hours that we've cut down to like maybe three collectively over many episodes. But yeah, the argument, just so you're caught up. Yeah, so 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 you're aware of my stance on it. My stance is that this dress is what finally bridged the gap for her to accept that she can be both. She can be both a beautiful lady of a noble house and and the knife. Like and the misborn. And um, and my problem is is that maybe she can visualize herself now that she has the dress, but she does not actualize that until much later. And so this isn't a bridge point. This is still a separation point. It is a potential that she sees, but it is not the actualization. It's not until they get married that she finally realizes that she can be both. Yeah. I, Which I think is shittier than what PJ suggests for the record. I think that's a worse ending, but I think it is what we're kind of given. I always viewed the dress as a, uh, as a bridge and like a necessary sure. bridge in the sense of like, I think you're, I think you're both right, honestly, which isn't exactly yeah. a fun to debate. <laughs> I'm but just kidding. It's, but yeah, because I, I, I do love the idea of you two arguing over a dress. It's like very <laughs> fun about that. But, <laughs> so many hours. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like the dress rep, I, I've agree with PJ in the sense that it, it represents that idea of that, that the journey to finding a middle and acceptance that I don't think it's necessarily the end point, but it's a big step towards it for her. Okay. Cool. I agree with you. I do think it's a stepping point for the record. I just don't think that she's fully embraced it at that point. She sees it as utility. She sees this as potential because she is still in that moment thinking about all of her mistbornness more than she is about the beauty of herself being in that dress. And both Tindwell and Alriandre are trying to reset her. Alriandre for ulterior motives of like the only way you should be, you know, married to Ellen really and be the queen is for this reason or the empress. But I'm going to go ahead and change a previous answer. Alriandre is the like biggest <laughs> villain of the story. <laughs> PJ despises Alriandre. <laughs> All right. So we've got a patron question here and I, I asked for a couple just to kind of talk about over the course of the show. But I, I really like this as a lead into what we're going to do to kind of round this out. But if you could have a drink with any one character at a bar at a nondescript location, potentially off of or on Scadriel, who would it be and why? If you need some time to think about that, I've got my answer. Yeah, Logan. go ahead. Fire away. Ham. I mean, 100% ham. I Ham would be so much fun to like get loosened up and just just chat about whatever's on his mind. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, that is the this correct This is why we're answer. friends, PJ, for the record. Like, because I am ham. Right. <laughs> that is the okay. correct answer. Just kidding, not really. 
You can you can have the same answer. I'm fine with it. I won't be jealous. Mine definitely isn't ham, but I do like that response. I'm gonna throw it out there. I want one from each era. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag in a little bonus okay. here, just since we're talking about both eras. So I like the ham answer. I think I do. I would want to talk to Marsh Era Two. I would love to sit down as my Era Two pick. I would pick Marsh Era Two to just kind of talk about like comparatively he's still mortal even though he's lived a very long time as we kind of learn over the course of the series i'd love to feel like he's leading into the conclusion of his life and then he's brought out of it at the end of this but i would love to feel and to like talk to him about how tangible that feels near the end all the knowledge he's gained how he's maybe softened to his brother over over centuries of of kind of learning those kind of things i don't know i i just think that marsh would be even ushering people in through the gates of like the end of their lives as well. I think that Marsh is the most fascinating perspective in era two that I wish that we explored. And I hope we get him in era three. Damn, uh, I think for era one, I would go ham, but as a, as a second choice, I'm going <laughs> to for the British answer. I'm going to say clubs because hmm. my man's grumpy. He just wants to sit there and suddenly drink. I'll allow him to do it. And so <laughs> once he's had a couple, he'll get started telling stories. Start. We're making fun of the, the people he works with and everything. You know, I feel like once you get him, once you get him going, if you get on his good side, you get some good stories out of clubs. Just, just for uh, he feels like a very grumpy British man. And then era two, I would if I could take the singular little part of Azid that's still inside of the the god form he now has. If I could just take him out. Give him a drink, guy. Are you okay, buddy? Like, <laughs> you seem to be uh, struggling a bit. And then I uh, try to help him because I feel like my man would have one drink and break down crying and be like, I've done some bad things. And I'd be like, <laughs> I feel like he could use that and then patch him back up, stick him back in. And then if we just do that every year, we could, uh, we could make sure he's all right. That's that's a very Neil Gaiman answer of you to like pull out of God. What's the why can't I remember the comic book Sandman? It's a very Sandman answer where it's like you're you're meeting back up with that friend, however many centuries later, oh, yeah. and pulling them out of reality, right? With the ship captain, if I remember correctly, or the shipmate. I think that's the story. I don't. I can't recall. I'll get flogged in the comments, <laughs> but it's fine. PJ, do you have an error two answer? Uh, my error two answer was similarly going to be Sazed. Good. Just be good. like it'd be cool to get a retrospective on his time as a mortal and his his experiences as a god. But barring that, I think fuck. <laughs> I think wax could be pretty cool just from to be able to get into some of those rough stories that we don't really get much of, or the the journalist running the broadsheet that they meet up with. And I can't remember. Oh, the- <laughs> The paranoid I think woman. Wild. That's who you want to talk to. <laughs> I think. I think it'd be just an unhinged conversation. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. All right. I can. I can dig that. But I. I, I think I'm having a much more difficult time picking one from era one or from era two because while while the the characters seem to be like the prose is better, the characters themselves don't feel as deep as a lot of the characters in era one for some reason. Yeah. I, I would lean towards if I, if I had to pick someone that wasn't Marsh, which again is like era one intrigue into post era two. So we're talking like timeline stuff. I feel like I'd want to sit down with Marisi or, or someone like that. But at the same time, it's like, what do you really know that you could like enlighten me on? Like, what's your, what's your pull? I feel like it would just be two friends having a drink at a bar, which isn't a problem. It's just like, 
I think that each of those would kind of have a more friendly connotation as you you pick anyone in Area 2 for the most part as the lead POV protagonists. I'm changing my answer to Renette. Yeah, you would get a drink with Renette. Oh, yeah, that's great. Tracks. My Era 1 pick, I think, is... There, there are two picks here, right? There's, there's. I want to get a drink with Kelsier because we wouldn't get a drink. I would smash a bottle across his face. The era, the other era one pick is I would probably choose the Lord Ruler Sans Power to have kind of a similar conversation that I would try to have with Marsh to really kind of. I think my conversation would be very confrontational about like, okay, so I know that you only had a limited amount of time with these things, but like, you couldn't think of anything better, like enslavement and like all you did, like you couldn't. Be like, well, but dude, and I'd be like, but dude, like, come on, try to like slap him out of it a little bit. Yeah. Can we all agree that the worst person to get a drink with from Era One would be would be saying that would be a misery <laughs> of a drink. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be like drinking with myself. Yeah, yeah. Hot I don't know topic if I want to introduce you know? alcohol into that ca- in, into that <laughs> into that, that whole thing. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, yeah, if we're, if we're talking about like getting a drink with villains, uh, Brandon Sanderson would be hysterical, I think, actually. It would be very funny and a fun time. So I, wanna, I wanted to end this on sort of a rapid-fire-esque thing. We can break these down and talk about them as we go. But some awards for bests between eras and, and whatnot. I've got another one. I've got another uh, patron question that I'm going to append to all of this. But I figure some awards for bests. We talked about our favorite books. So we're going to talk about everything but our favorite books in the awards here. But I would love to hear everyone's favorite character from the eras. Where do we land? Who stands out? I know mine. I'm Era 1 Sazed, Era 2 mm-hmm. Sterist. They are, they're, they're firm favorites for me. I've already explained Sazed, and Sterist is a, she is a, an oasis in a desert. She has a unique character, a very relatable sense of self. It's a great exploration, poster syndrome and anxiety and everything. For being someone that has awful, catastrophic anxiety, watching her plan every, every like possible thing that could happen was complete. I felt like for the first time since reading Misery, I felt like I was reading a character that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I know what that feels like, like. That is how my brain functions. So I appreciate that. So they're my firm favorites from both. Yeah. I love those picks. I love the comparison that you draw to Misery because it is that and it is. If you haven't read it, I assume, I don't know if you have or not, but Gerald's game as well sort of mirrors the anxiety from that perspective that I, I really appreciate. Those are sort of more, how would you say it? The whole plot is focused around a Steris-esque situation. So, you know, that's its own thing, but. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I love those those picks. PJ, where do you land on favorite characters? I think I'm I'm gonna agree with Sazed from Era One. I, I felt like his story was so just so complicated and and well described. And Era Two, I think especially after Lost Metal, I think I have to go with Wayne. I know Ben, you mentioned that he's your least favorite character, but I felt like era or lost metal, and we, we've had several discussions about whether or not it's an upgrade in writing or editing. But yeah, I, Jillian Redfern, of whom edited all of the first law and many other books, edited the lost metal, and it does feel like it's a better composed book than all of era two. But mm-hmm. and his, his his humor 
and his just his the way his story wraps up like really really ratchets up in that last book and i i feel like he has the most emotional and and compelling life story of all the characters in era two i so agree i so agree i have like it's it's tough to come away with a different take than says it being the best right my if you asked me after i had only read era one my favorite characters were i was very torn between loving spook and loving says and secret history put a spike through spook for me in a way that i have not been able to like recuperate that so i think i'm with you on says being my favorite if i had to try to pick someone different i would back into our good boy Ellen, of whom you know resolved mostly in well of ascension he's kind of a just a superman in hero of ages which is another reason that i love well of ascension because it's a completion of their character arcs in its own right but yeah i i totally totally adore Sazed, and my backup answer there is Ellen, our good boy our moral paladin as we refer to him many a time so yeah, but yeah, Spook was for such a long time one of my favorite characters in the series, and then Secret History Done took some agency away from from our boy and gave it over to Kelsier explaining things to him. So as it goes, it's fine. So favorite character, I I already ruined my own pick here, but our best good boy, our best paladin, our our favorite of the good characters, and I, I mean this in the way that like it's very easy for us to get tied up in Sazed being the best character, but who of among the supporting cast was your favorite? I figured we were all going to kind of land in the same camp. So I, I had to, I had to ask or beg the question because I knew that our fans were going to be a little bit, a little bit upset if we didn't talk about some of our supporting cast. I think Straff is the goodest boy, you know, <laughs> like just <laughs> the sweetest. I mean, the way you phrased it, it's hard to not pick Ellen. With, with the sort of paladin but he's not supporting that. you know like he's, he's okay not, okay he's supporting okay. character fair enough i know i know that i did literally like feed into that immediately with ellen <laughs> but yeah Alendi, maybe hmm. uh, i you liked Alendi I, more than you liked ham for instance hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know Alendi is intriguing to me and maybe it's because we don't get anything other than like the log books from him but he he's seemingly has a good head on his shoulders and is truly only committed one genocide yeah if you read between the lines (laughs) kind of he he was a general he led wars and he's very marcus aurelius yeah that's fair yeah i don't know it wasn't quite a genocide but it was like he burned he was specifically targeting some people there was a reason that rashik didn't like him good point can 10 soon count of course, he's he's the best goodest. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what counts as supporting because support, we get like, soon. Okay, our like main characters: Vin, Ellen, Sazed. I, I mean, Wax, Wayne, Marisi, Steris. Then I'll go with Tensoon specifically yep. from Era One. Era One wise, I'd go, I'd go Breeze. I really liked Breeze. He had a great. He was just a fun. He was just a fun character to be around whenever someone was talking to. Him. Like, God, Breeze. He felt, maybe it's just because I'm reading a song of Ice and Fire at the moment, but he feels very Tyrion to me in a way, like kind of smarmy, but charming. And, and you're never quite sure whether there's that I'm being influenced or not. It's, it's a great, it's a great character to explore. And I think Breeze and Ham as a pair work together perfectly. And then era two wise, I would go, I'd go with Renette's partner. <laughs> Let's introduce. Yeah, not She's bad. great. Not She's bad. a fun character. Just yeah. to just spice it up. 
that's that's a good pick on era two i I think i'm with you it's hard to think of supporting era two characters because it is a wide pov cast right and so there's there's a lot of a lot of issues to pick from there i think i land on ready in the end being my favorite of the era two supporting characters i think that he's very interesting especially as he approaches maracine he is one of the few characters that i fully believe his evolution throughout the entire series and the way that he changes and adapts and evolves into a situation so i really appreciate him i think i'm with you on breeze i i don't think it's harder than that like i there there is a do people actually like me or is it just my charm is it just my superpower that like makes them charm to me that makes them like me that i really appreciate about his character and the limited pov that we get from him so i, I think i'm entirely in that camp i do love good boy tensing though you know it's yeah. it's tough that was a tough choice for Era 2, I might go with Renette for it, despite her sort of surly-natured attitude, especially towards Wayne. She's, she's a huge boon to the, to the overall story and is just fun for me to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's the big science dork, of course, yeah. naturally. Of course and a lurcher. You like went that way. Right. Speaking of, PJ, the next question here is from a patron. Do you stand by your choices for your preferred elementic ability? Absolutely. So do you PJ is still a lurcher, so he's still pulling himself around his workshop. Ben, what's your I you may not remember from the question. If you had to have an elementic ability, what would it be? Which one I chose? I can definitely check the notes. Oh, I remember. Not have, I yeah. chose tin, right? did i think yes, yes. I, I stand yeah. by that one as well because that was one that no one would know that i had it i didn't have to necessarily reveal it so i could still exist as a person and just be my eyesight's going as well honestly i've been looking at signs and thinking <laughs> i need to get them checked so if i could just if i could just dial it up a little it would really help me <laughs> it'd be really great yeah. you don't need to worry about squinting anymore i i totally get it I, I think I do as well. I think that I stand by my push versus PJ's pull. I think that I especially I one of the things that like I knew going into reading this is when PJ and I talked about this for the first time, I had already read era two mostly. And so like I had seen what wax could do. And it's basically the same if you're cautious enough and you, you measure those those bits enough to like make it work. So, yeah. Mm hmm. That was my perspective. On so, it. so, so I, we're I'd all keeping our answers. We're all, we all lock Stop in, it. you know, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah. Our favorite villain. And this is not era agnostic. This is just overall favorite villain. I think we I, talked about these. So I, I think I, I'll lock in Straff. I'm, I'm going to continue my sort of Lord ruler just because of the complication of it, just because of the sort of moral questioning that comes about in, in the next couple books. Yeah, I think it's really hard. They're, they are the two. If I was going to lean to one, I'd lean to the Lord Ruler purely through, like you say, the implications that are brought around later on is a perfectly or like a perfect way of demonstrating like an organic taking a, a, a villain that could easily be two dimensional and then adding that third dimension to create a really nuanced character after the fact, I think is, is genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that take. I just think that Straff, like, that bakes in some grayness for the Lord Ruler over the time as you continue throughout the story and recontextualizes it in a really nice way. I just, I, I, while I totally agree, I love the way that Straff is just vile in a way that so few characters are 
in Sanderson's work. He is just repulsive and in, in like a, not just black way. Like he's got, he's got nuance inside of there and it's, it's good. Tywin. I, I think you brought up that comparison a couple of times and yeah, fits. Fits and sits. I would also just say the, the first inquisitors beat, beat Finna. That scene is, is so incredibly scary, like genuinely frightening to be like at, at the whim of it. And I, I would put that up there as well because they're not, they're not named or anything, but just the, the presence they have is, is one crazy. of them is Ka, I think. Ka. Yeah. One of them. We get the brief point of view from Ka. Yeah. Yeah. That's at the end of the final empire right before someone kills him. Marsh? Vin? I forget. Someone kills him. That's a fun, fun little POV shift that happens right at the end of Mistborn. So, best villain. I, I do want to hit some least favorites before we end on, on a favorite here. So, least favorite plot moment. The thing that grated on you the most. Most of the existence of the Ghost Bloods. Not because it was like bad plot. It's because it just doesn't, it's not necessary. It doesn't really go anywhere. And like ultimately felt like it just took up some of Marisy's time. And I, I can imagine recontextualizing that or that that will get recontextualized in era three, but for right now, it just doesn't feel important. It feels like a vehicle for Kelsier to continue to exist in the world. I, I agree. Ben and I are both like keeping a lot of quiet words here, but we, we do agree, I think, in terms of that like bit. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I my choice would be the the prologue of Alloy of Law. I think that it, it sets up a precedence of wasted potential that is the through line throughout the entire series. Is is just someone like him having an idea for that original Alloy of Law that didn't quite work the way that it could have, and then having to write to explain why that's important to make the present matter. And it's just this, it all stems from if that was handled better, I would have been invested in the characters more. And uh, I think that's like a, that's an incipient moment of just uh, a problem that I have throughout the entire series. Throughout all of era two. Yeah. Yes, I mean, like well, even the two. worst moment of the, of the whole. Yeah. 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 I, it shouldn't come as a shock for, for anyone that my least favorite moment is, the entirety of part six of secret history. But I think in particular that moment that grades on me the most is that moment with Marsh in which it feels like it sacrifices a literal choice of him to like die at the behest of like the only reason that you could make that choice to kill yourself. Little buddy is because I was there big brother Kelsier to intercede, to make sure that ruin wasn't paying enough attention when the entire book of the hero of ages is built up to that moment through Marsh's perspective. And it just undermines one of my favorite rebellious plot beats in, in the most grandiose way. And that's part of the reason that Hero of Ages gets buried on my list is because of the way that Secret History recontextualizes that and Spooks Arc. So it was my favorite book until I read Secret History in this series. And then Secret History, just those bits did a number on it. So, yeah, that's that's the grading one for me. I totally get, though, that prologue. That's a far more nuanced point about the entire trajectory of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much the, like, I think that the chapter itself works well as a, as a self-contained thing. It's just like, like we were doing with the idea of recon, like 
restructuring it, if that happened at the end of the first book, then at the end of the second book, you have the twist of, oh, it was actually, what's it called? If we just were more invested, it would have had a much better reaction from me. I, I would have emotionally been invested. I, a lot of people are are like averse. I, I should say a lot of people are like, oh man, that didn't work for me. And they'll, they'll like reflect on these things. And I think that one of the biggest things is like, why didn't it work? And like asking yourself why it doesn't function. And I feel like Stephen King's rule of like flashbacks are cheap is a thing that like I think everyone should keep in their head because often it's shortcuts storytelling of like leading up to that moment. It's better to paint like a real life and then see what makes you fall out from that real life than it is to just be like, oh, I was broken in that moment. It just it adds so much more context and it it gives us the meat of the reason that we should care. I truly I believe flashbacks should be avoided as often as possible in most fiction. And I think this is a prime example of one that I was just like, I can get it because it's a prologue, but I don't know. I would have cared more to your point if it would have been the meat of the story. So, yeah. All right. One one more unsavory one here. Least favorite character. Least favorite character. I have it. <laughs> I know you have it. I really just don't like all Riandra. I don't. I I didn't trust her for the longest time. I assumed that she would turn at some point. And then there's no character progression. And suddenly we're supposed to just trust her. And I, I don't get it. Yeah. It's because she's not a liar, PJ, because she proves that she's not a liar well, with her dad. To, That's it. She's set up to be <laughs> this like, yeah. There's all this sneaky shit going on with her and it just never gets resolved and we're supposed to just forget about it. Like she's sneaking around, she's she's spying on them while they're talking as a as a like small council and that never gets addressed again. I don't know. You're not wrong. Yeah. And I understand why you don't like her. Ben, it's yours. You ready? It's your least favorite. Gotta have one. Oh yeah, there we go. Sorry, the the internet went a little there. Yeah. I would I would say both from era two, my least favorite characters are Sazed. Sazed is, is, I just felt like we never had enough time with him. We never, he felt like a, a contrivance. And the issue with, like, every time Wax, it all comes down to that issue is every time Wax was like, don't want to put the earring in. I'm like, I get that. I really do, buddy. But I'm not invested in the reason you don't want to. I, I understand why, but I don't care why. And so then I was just like, it, it, it was just so frustrating every time. I was like, give us a little bit more. I don't need Sazed to be good. I, I am quite happy with him making morally messed up decisions. I felt like the relationship between him and the Kanja was dropped, which was fascinating. And I felt like his relationship with Wax was shortcutted to a, a short-term resolution and then we now have to get all the answers for everything else in era three and it's kind of like what was you you just teased it with us and then the other is kelsia for a complete lack of existence just he felt like a he felt like just a uh i don't know like a, like a star wars villain in the sense of like he felt like snow where he's like, he's this, he's like, he's there, and you're meant to be like, oh my god, it's him. But when you actually listen to him, you're like, you're gonna get involved. You're gonna, you got your slippers on, mate. Like, are you actually gonna get involved in the plot? <laughs> or like, what are you doing? He's like, um, 
Trust me, I'm really trying. Can you not see it? I'm really trying to get there. I'm sure there'll be a spin-off story to explain what I was doing during this time. Trust me, it was it was really important. Like a, a Captain Marvel where she's like, oh, bro, there's earthquakes going on. I've got to be out of this plot because otherwise I'd be <laughs> I'd be really involved. But there are earthquakes going on uh, and I can't be involved and they just fly off. Like Kelsey just had such a lack of presence that I just thought, why? Why even bother? And yeah, so that's my that's my two weakest. You know, it, sh- it should come as no shock that I, I agree with you on the Kelsier front. I feel like the caricature of Kelsier does a lot to disservice the mentor picture of Kelsier that we get from the first book. And it truly like completely garbles it in my head. I originally finished reading that that novella in the middle of us talking about Mistborn 1, and I just stopped giving a shit about Kelsier's character in that moment. And it's very audibly, like you can hear it as, we, as we're going through the podcast of like, Cool, Kelsier is doing X. I don't care, and it, it's so it's so tough because I love your 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 position on this being similar to a a Star Wars villain because it is a caricature of what villain sh- villainy should be in a lot of cases, and we don't necessarily see that all the time, which is why Rogue One rules. But you know, it's it's just something tangible that you want to latch onto. Of like, why are you here, and and what what exactly is this outside of setup, outside of a Marvel after credit scene that you're trying to build up to to like pay us off to lead into the next era, and yeah. So if I have to avoid Kelsier, of whom should be obvious at this point for myself, I think my least favorite character falls to the depiction of Zane. I love what Zane is in the story, and I've been very adamant about like I like Zane quite a bit, but I think that Zane is in and of himself a caricature of what Brandon was trying to write, which was a nuanced sort of demented character, and instead he ends up being, we've made fun of it many times even in this podcast, like a goth mall emo boy. And like, it's okay to be like that sort of character, but it is the worst example of a manifestation of depression and DID, I think, that he's even attempting for at this point. And I guarantee at this point, he would rewrite Zane to be a very different character. But I think Zane is simultaneously a character that I really like for what he's supposed to do in the story, but I cannot stand. Can and cannot. It's tough. Yeah. The final question is from one of our patrons. Ziva, thank you so much for asking this. Your favorite relationship, and this is this is not meant to span just a, a all, all relationships, friendships, etc. Like, what's your favorite relationship from the eras? Says it in Tindwell is great, but I think, man, Lost Metal really changes things for Era 2. It really, really shifts things up. And, and In which way? Like what's it the- makes a lot of the relationships stronger. Like Wax and Steris, I felt like for most of the series, up until the Lost Metal, wasn't that deep of a relationship. Like we didn't we didn't get the emotional depths of it until the Lost Metal. So I ha- I have a hard time. Like same same with Wayne and Renette. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like a, a tenuous at best friendship it's still a much more satisfyingly complex relationship after lost metal than it was for the first three books in the series. Lost metal wins for character work. No doubt. Like that's Mm -hmm. lost metal excels because of what it does with the characters. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with says it and Tindwell for that reason. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take both eras. I'm going to do one for each. 
that's that's fair. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vin and Zaza for Era One. I love their their kind of their relationship from from mentor, like teaching her how to get along to equals to what eventually happens. I think that they have a, a sustained respect, and I, I really enjoy their relationship. And then in Era Two, I'm gonna go for uh, Steris and Marassi. That I think that one is one that slowly and quietly evolves from alluding to the sense that they weren't close, they didn't quite get along, to then a mutual understanding of what each other are good at and a respect for each other, I think is a is not it's one of the subtle things about that the series that isn't harped on about. It's just this quiet evolution, their relationship. I love I love both of those choices. I particularly agree with you on the one of the takeaways that I had when I was like evaluating my thoughts post Lost Metal is I love the depiction of siblings in this sense. I'm the oldest of five. I've got a number of siblings. I have different relationships with each of them. And it is something that is not well depicted in media and that I really appreciated about that relationship. Well, not my choice. I, I love that pick. I have a tough time, like not just latching into that and choosing it, but you know, yeah, great, great choice. And then also, of course, that mentor relationship with Stacey and Vin is so strong and so incredible that, you know, you completely forget about Kelsier comparatively. Yeah. I I think I go with clubs and breeze for my era one pick. And I know PJ will let you hop in and pick your era one pick too, for sure. But clubs and breeze for me is just like this. You mentioned it earlier, but part of the reason that clubs is such a great character is because he is this guy that you want to take out to the bar and you want to get drunk to like make him expose himself and like to make this like whole thing. And it, it just feels like there's so much more there. And that's what I love about their relationship is despite the fact that like Brandon isn't having them drink a whole lot and scenes together to get to that point it does feel like those two fit together perfectly. Brandon writes, wants to rewrite clubs as a woman. And I think that that's fantastic. I think that that only would further emphasize the closeness, not in a, an actual like sexual context or like a gravitation towards each other. But I think that that would just create a, a con- cohesive choice and narrative there. So I love that pick. I, I that's that's mine for sure. In era one, my era two pick is Steris and Wax. It's it's tough not to because I do think that finally the the one benefit that or one of the benefits that I give the Lost Metal is all this character work. And it does make them feel like they're in an actual relationship. Steris is worth more than 7% and, and she has way more weight in, in the way that she evaluates things. And it grounds all of the work up until that point and makes it all worth it as it builds. But I, I have a tough time also not just like swinging at the last second for you, like saying this and being like, yeah, no, you're right. The the siblings is way better because it is. So, yeah. Hmm. PJ, your arrow one though. I my my was era one season two. Oh, sorry, your era my, my era yeah. two one. I think I'd go. I think I'd go from Lost Metal, Wayne and Marisy. Oh, good pick. Yeah, that they is a good they pick. contrast each other super well. They're both like picking things up from each other, and like really, they work so well together. So, yeah, I actually the biggest bummer of the Lost Metal. Go ahead. They they were great in that. The the. I felt like Morassi did such a good job of giving Wayne a direction for his humor and the way he is and, and a natural sense of he could never evolve with wax. And they did a great, like Sanderson did a great job of choosing them two to match up together, to have them both progressive. Yeah, that, that was a great choice because wax gets to leave being constable. 
Wayne gets a bit of grounding. Morassi gets the bit of independence of having someone to back her up, but someone who needs someone to tell him what to do. And uh, like they worked so much better. I think that is why the end of Lost Metal doesn't work quite so well because we lose that that great structure that was set up is then kind of gone. And, and that yeah, Wayne and Morassi are fantastic. The the story kind of pigeonholes itself in a way where it's like. We, we were set up with this pair and it feels like we should be sending off that pair, not Wax and Wayne, because they already kind of had ended, you know, not not in like a formal way, but Wax was done. He was retiring and to return to this feels like returning to Wayne being a tool versus that relationship. PJ, like you'd cited, is is more of a it's a two way street. And mm. and that feels better than Wayne just being a tool that like Wax is like, yeah, no, I don't. He's just. He's a fucking guy on the side that makes shitty jokes and like, but he's really useful. And that's kind of the way that Wax approaches Wayne versus Marcy being like, okay, but you know that that's not funny, right? And he's like, well, and she's like, it isn't. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll fix that. I'll adjust. And it, it, that's a real partnership versus a maintenance relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Good picks. Good picks. Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts? Anything on Era 2, Era 1, or things that you want to talk about going into Era 3? I truly, truly, truly believe, but mostly hope, that Era 3 will make a lot of the shortcomings of Era 2 make sense. That's my, that's my hope. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> This is the interesting thing. I, I hope that he he has to absolutely either nail or abandon. That if it go if yeah. he focuses too much on filling in, like not filling in, but associating era two in a way of like making it feel a bit more cohesive, and it, and it doesn't work, then we are going to have poor experience at all. But if he abandons it, then era two is just going to stay as it is, and. It's going to be an interesting line for him to walk in terms of like, like I, I do believe he can do it because I think era three, the fact that he's writing all three at once, the same way he did the first trilogy is that he won't have the gaps or releasing a book and then coming back to it and going, I wish I'd done that. It's all three are written. They're all worked on. They're all edited together. They will come out as a cohesive whole. And I think that will, mm-hmm. that could only make it stronger. So I yeah. have a lot more hope for era three. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty clear when he talks about these, at the very least he did at Dragonsteel, where he talked about like the books kind of being written as like pairs and the lost metal pairs with alloy and like shadows and bands are naturally paired because they were written back to back bands being written first technically and then going back to shadows. So as a duology, those make sense. And as a duology, I can try to make alloy and lost metal make sense. It doesn't, but I can try. Um, and I, I think that to that point, I agree with you that I think the trilogy will be all the stronger for it. I hope that it tends towards PJ's point of making these dangling plot threads make sense, but I hope that doesn't become a trend going forward. I prefer the complete ending, and I, I believe that this is a distinct stopping point where it's meant to be unique, and it'll it'll conclude well. I think we got good character conclusions. We just got some mixed plot conclusions. So I think I'm with you both on that. Any other thoughts? Good. Dear God, I don't want a Stormlight book like trilogy in the middle between the series. Just let it be. Go into the next thing. Don't do this for that. Let it be planned. <laughs> Please, I can't. My body can't handle that. 
I, my main, I, I feel like I'm at the precipice of, I, well, I feel like the entire cosmos precipice in the sense of directionally that I, I enjoyed Rhythm of War. I, I very much am not in the camp of people who don't like War. I, I, no, I thoroughly really enjoyed it too. But reading Era 2 and that together, I feel like that puts us on the precipice that Tress kind of pulled it back from a little, but it scares me that Tress originally was never meant to be released. Like, from the idea of that was meant to be a, a little fun thing that he was doing for himself that was never meant to see the light of day. I'm like, no, that's what I, that's what I want to see. We want the fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, pull that in rather than, like, I'm scared that this year will set us up for a fall in the idea of these are all my fun ideas. And then like, I feel like my love for SLA five is concluding a plot. Yeah. yeah. Like my, my, my love for Sanderson has, it, it, it has a certain, it's, it's a very love hate. Like there are, there are absolute peaks of Mistborn era one Stormlight archive. And there are absolute lows of era two. I'm not the biggest fan of Warbreaker. I think Elantris is all right. Like there are massive. I feel like I go from love to eh, and there's no, there's never, there's never like oh, that was solidly good. That's what Tress was for me. Like this was solidly good, and I'm just scared that we're going to slowly drop off, and it's going to be a there are more OKs compared to greats because in the recent history we've we've seen the, the each series. If you, if you look at them on average, Mistborn Era 1 is a 10 out of 10 for me. Mistborn Era 2 is, is a 5 or a 6. And then Stormlight Archive, the first two books to the last, like the fourth, third and fourth book, there's a, there's a difference for me in terms of the writing. I, I'm not a big fan of shortening the chapters, etc., which also Lost Metal does. It works better as shortened chapters. But there is a, there is a trend towards him not putting out tens anymore, putting out mm-hmm. sixes, sevens, eights, eight and a halfs maybe, but there's not those tens that have been. And I, I, I just hope Storm Archive 5, Mistborn Era 3, they can just be brilliant. Win me back. Elantris 2 and 3. Yeah, like just, just give me something. Give me something to really pull me back in. And I hope we get that because I... It's hard talking to people because people fucking love Sanderson. Mm-hmm. They love him so much. And I'm just like, I like the guy. I really do. I feel like he's not my favorite author anymore, but I've loved his books. And I feel like you have to either love everything or you're a piece of shit. And I need him to put out. That is a how great- people treat you, which is bullshit. But yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I need him yeah. to put out another great book. To get me back to that, and I'm 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 hoping I, I live in eternal hope and fear. <laughs> me too for Stormlight Five. That's why we've delayed it in part. Is like it's got to be way better than the Lost Metal for me to commit a year and a half to covering the series on our show versus like the first law where it's like cool. I know that nine books are incredible, mm. and we're not going to worry about like what's going to happen at a certain point. So yeah, I'm the the Lost Metal. Rather, the Vans of Morning ending and the Lost Metal brought a little bit of trepidation where it's like, all right, I got to kind of make sure that this is all worth it in the end before we cover a five arc series. So I, I cannot agree with you more. You put it into terms that I'd been wrestling with saying to PJ and otherwise where it's like, 
love Sanderson. It is a terrifying beast though to like move from him being a 10 out of 10 to like a seven consistently. And then now with Tress and I love Warbreaker. So like the yeah. standalones are my favorite books to be frank. Even Elantris is like pretty, pretty darn good, but like not, you know, not number one material by any stretch, but yeah, yeah, man, it's my thought. DJ eras, your future thoughts, predictions, concerns, benefactory thoughts. I mean, I, I feel like I covered it pretty well. Like I, I just hope it, I hope it can effectively rectify some yeah. of the shortcomings in Eris. Yeah, and, right, right, right. Um, I'm sorry, it circled back. We, no, we went so far away that I had to, <laughs> yeah. you know, return. So I, I'm, I'm not really prepared to go deeper than that. Sure. All right. Well, cool. Ben, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Again, let people know where they can find you on the interwebs. It'll be in all of our links, of course, so people can find you. But yes, I, I have a YouTube channel. I I just chat shit on there. Honestly, it's I disappear sometimes, but I'm back at the moment, and you know that's that's all you can ask for. <laughs> I I've, I'm just putting reviews. I'm focusing on reading more diversely, so you won't just get fantasy over there. I'm reading a lot more kind of broader, trying to be a pretentious literature bit i think i'm doing a heck of a job at it I, hey you put out the picture of dorian gray last week and i was like fuck yeah one of my favorite <laughs> classic novels and i was like no one talks about this anymore yeah i well it's just it's on my my syllabus for uni so i just yeah. it's and then otherwise i exist in other places they they exist and you know it's <laughs> where everyone else is instagram twitter and i just chat shit you great you and grace have a discord of oh yeah discord yeah i have a yeah. discord we i'm honestly that's the place i'm most active i we we're currently doing a read-along i think well actually this will be it's only a patreon thing but we'll be doing books of babel by josiah bancroft over there oh no this is going out this is going out to everyone oh your patreon folks so yeah yeah yeah, sorry, babel that, yeah yeah that will also Enjoy. just be a thing going on and then i'm, I'm reading a song of ice and fire reread after a decade so lots of fun things going on perfect there. sweet all right. Well, next week we are going to be reading. We hop into the Green Bone Saga by Fonda Lee, starting with Jade City chapters one through nine. We've already recorded this episode at this point. I can tell you factually that it is incredible. It was a lot of fun, and I am so excited for where uh, where we're going with the show with everyone that's involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, so that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to Tim and Andrew for helping us keep the show going. You can check out. All of the links in the show notes, including Ben's links. You can find our schedule, our Patreon, previous episodes, websites, social media accounts, all in one very nice, easy, singular location. Let it be known, too, that we also concluded this week the first season of Catacomb Parties, The Tales of Kana, which is so fucking cool. The the full part two finale episode is out at this point, so it is very exciting. Or is coming out next week. Might be coming out coming next out week. next week. It, we're we're there. We're there. Fourteen episodes. It's our incredible drama. Give it a go. It's so good. We we melt and die for the the amount of work that we do on the show. So we hope that you guys love it. Beyond that, find us Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Words and Whiskey Show, gmail.com. Join us at patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey. Our t shirts for now are on T Public. I should be getting that screen printing in the mail soon, PJ, to do evaluations. I couldn't mail it to you because you're leaving. So Yep. Womp womp. Bummer. Bummer. So see you next week. Bye. Bye.